0: Last week, I just want, to, just want to pick up and just want to uh, move quickly. One of the things uh, I was preaching on last week was, the, uh, was in Matthew chapter 13 about the, Jesus talking about the kingdom of heaven. And so he, talked, he goes to about five different occupations and brings, uh, and brings uh, an illustration of what the kingdom of heaven is like. But one of the places he comes to, he's the, in, Matthew, in Matthew chapter 13, he said the kingdom of heaven is like, uh, like a man who found a treasure in a field. And then he sold, when he discovered what he had, he hid it again, and then he sold everything he had, and he went and purchased that field. Jesus, and then he goes on to talk about, uh, he is also like a pearl merchant who discovered a pearl of great price. Je, what Jesus is trying to do here is he's trying to give us an illustration of what it is like to discover the kingdom of heaven. This is a big difference. This is not about just coming to a church service. This is far beyond coming to a church. Service. The, the house of God, you and I are called the gate of heaven. But when you discover the, 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 the kingdom of heaven in your life, it changes everything about your life. You cannot remain the same when you discover the fullness or the, when your eyes are open to, the, to what the kingdom of God is really like. And it's often difficult because we live in a, a, such a materialistic world, a, a world where um, everything is just about what we see and, 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 and things like that. But the kingdom of heaven, the Bible says, is like a man who discovered a treasure in a field. The kingdom of heaven is not a far way off. Jesus uses the illustration here, it is found in a field. It is found in the earth. The the word field literally means it means uh, in a place of agriculture, or it means the place of uh, farming. It means in the countryside. It means in the land. So he talks about the kingdom of heaven is discovered in the land. There is something about, whenever the Bible speaks about field or or land, it is it can refer to a, a, a number of different things. But one of the things we discover about Jesus is this. He's, he said that the kingdom of heaven is found. It's like a treasure that is hidden. It's like a taonga tr- hidden in the or in the ground. It is not hidden from you. It's hidden for you to find, to discover. And when you discover it, everything about your life can transform. Everything about your life it trans- it changes. Jesus said here that, uh, he sold up everything he had in order to buy or to purchase that field. The kingdom of heaven just doesn't just fall into your lap. It comes at a price. It is the most amazing treasure that you'll ever ever discover or walk in. One of the things you'll also find, it is found in the land. It is not found way up in the clouds. It is found in the earth. It is found in the land. And the other thing you'll find also out of that scripture is there's is a way to get it. It doesn't just fall in your lap. There is, a, there is a price to pay this man here. He sold everything he had and he purchased that field. That's right. Everything he had. He must have discovered something of so immense value that nothing else in his world could ever compare. His occupation, his job, his, his ambition to climb the career ladder, nothing could compare to what he had discovered that was in the earth. Now this is a, not a literal story, it is a parable. And Like I said last week, I wonder how many times uh, if that parable was actually real, that, I wonder how many people would walk past would have walked past that field, walked past that treasure, never knowing the true value of what lies in there. I wonder how many people miss out in that field and they're trying to, they're searching for something significant in their life. They're trying to find it in an occupation. They're trying to find it in their work. They're trying to climb a corporate ladder. They're trying to find it in material things. But there is something that can only be found if you look for it and if you're prepared to pay a price for it. And today I want to help you uncover how you can discover that, uh, that inheritance that God has for you. There's an inheritance, there's a spiritual inheritance that God has for every person. If you're here today and you don't even know Jesus Christ, there is an inheritance, there is a legacy that is in this house, that it resides in the house, it is in the earth, it's not, in the, it's not way out there, it's in the house, it, it, and I'll, I'll put it to you straight, it is in the people. It is in the people. You're, the way that you discover the, 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 the treasure or the, the, one of the treasures of the kingdom of heaven is by working with people, serving people. Hello hello? You don't find the kingdom of heaven by just staying away absent. You, you find, you discover the kingdom of heaven. You discover the immense, immense treasure of the kingdom of God by giving your life to working in the field. You don't do it remotely. You do it in the field. And so today I want to encourage you a little bit more how, how to do it. Um, and uh, I want to talk to you about, a little bit about inheritance, about how you can pick your inheritance up. Because one of the things I I have discovered was this. There's been a whole bunch of people that have come through this church and they have discovered something really powerful. Powerful enough that they could give up banking careers. They could give up all sorts of different occupations in order to pursue the treasure that God has for them. What is it that they found and how did they find it? I know people in this church, young people that have grown up and now doing uh, amazing, and older people, doing amazing things, literally have discovered something of immense value that their whole life has changed. That treasure is available for every person here. There are some people that they found it and they found it by working with people. Hello? Come on. They found it by working with people. But there was things that they did inside of themselves. And this is what I want to help you unpack today because it's available for everyone. And so one of the things we want to talk about is uh, in Numbers chapter 26. Uh, you don't, I'm just going to paraphrase it for you, but Numbers chapter 26, uh, the scripture is based on the planning out of a future inheritance. This is what it's about. The, 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 the children of Israel had, had a miserable attempt at coming into the promised land. They failed, absolutely miserable. They are now in the desert, and, but in this place of the desert, they are still, they're talking about the future. They're talking about future inheritance. That is the nature of this conversation. And one of the things I felt for me in in this, and this is why I feel it quite prophetic for you, even right now, as as Kate and I, we are talking about the future of this church, about the investment that we want to make, where we're going to make it, and what we believe to see. And one of the first things we're going to see, one of the investments will be in the children's area. Uh, And so uh, we're talking about the inheritance, we're talking about future land. And in that discovery, you'll find that as we start to move forward into the working with the children in different areas, you'll find that people in here will emerge as, you, you'll discover an enormous treasure that will co- compel you to change your life. Wow, Hello? Yeah, Hello? <laughs> so this is the, this is the context of, of, of Numbers chapter 26. The scripture is based on the planning out of their future inheritance. It describes, first of all, it describes the census taken over, all ma- over the males over the age of 20. And as part of the various clans, we read that um, it says, Zeolophad had no sons, only daughters. And as the census was concluded, God instructs Moses, among these shall the land be apportioned as shears. Among these refers to the males listed in the sentence. Hence, we conclude that Zeolophad, the Bible says, had no sons. He only had daughters. And in this particular culture, it was the sons that were entrusted with their inheritance. It was the sons that were entrusted with uh, carrying on the legacy of the father. There was something about the sons that were, uh, they, they were there to receive uh, an inheritance. They were there to receive, and the older son would often receive what's called the double portion. The whole point of it was to, that they would, one, that they would carry on the, the father's legacy, or carry on the father's name. And so here we're in a place where uh, the females were not part of that. They were, in this particular case, it was just the men in this culture uh, that were around, that, that Moses was talking to. But the Bible says that there was a, a there's a man called Zeolophad and he had no sons. He only had daughters. he got five daughters. How many people got daughters here? Hello? <laughs> I've got three daughters. So the Zeolophad only had um, had no sons and only daughters. So essentially we can see that with a future inheritance, it was likely that Zeolophad has... His offspring, his daughters, were going to miss out on their inheritance. That's the, that's the guts of the story. Numbers chapter 26, we're talking about the future inheritance. And there was a reason why that Zeolophar had, had uh, missed out. One of the things we noticed in Scripture that he had, he had died. He had, he had committed a sin. He had done things that he shouldn't have done, and it had cost him deeply, and it cost him his life. And so here we've got a bunch of girls. They've got no brothers so, there's no inheritance to be received that way. They've got no father. He had done some silly things and it cost him his life. And so, they had no inheritance to receive. They were out, the, they were out on their own. And there was a conversation about, that was taking a place about the future, about the future inheritance. Can you imagine what was going on through these girls' life? Where is there a place for us? What is our future? What future for us is there in this land? What future is there in front of me? It's an awful place to get, in, get in, uh, to, to find yourself. But there was Zeolophad's daughters were no just ordinary girls. What We're going to find out in this next show, So this is the context: as there was about it was about legacy, it was about inheritance that they were about to miss on, miss out on. And then it says in, in Numbers chapter twenty-seven, verse one to seven, he says, "Then came the daughters of Zeolophad. So I understand, there's conversations going going on. Then it says, Then came the daughters of Zeolophad, the son of uh, Manasseh, the son of Joseph. And these were the names of his daughters. And it goes down. And they, they came out of their tents, and they stood before Moses, before Eliezer the priest, and before the leaders of all the congregation, by the doorway of the tabernacle of meeting, saying, Our father died in the wilderness, but he was not in the company of those who gathered against the Lord. In other words, our father, yeah, he died. He mucked up, but he wasn't like one of those other clowns that really, really mucked up. not one of those. He was a he was, he was good fella, but he was, he was made some mistakes. And then he goes on to then they go on to say, our father died in the wilderness, but he had no sons. And then he say and then they she they ask this question: Why should the name somebody say name name of our father be removed from among his family because he had no son? Give us a position amongst our father's brothers. Here we go. We Again, we have a discussion about the future, about what's going on. What's going to be received in the future? Who's going to have received what? Who's going to have what kind of position? And the daughters were left out in the cold. (laughs) It looked like their inheritance had finished. It looked like there was no future for them. It looked like because of their father's actions because of what he should have done or shouldn't have done, it looked like, and for all accounts and purposes, it looks like they were going to miss out on their inheritance. Maybe you're here today and your, uh, uh, your life or your father, or there must, it could have been some stuff in your background that you, you think there's no inheritance of God for you. My friend, I want to encourage you today that regardless of where you have come from, regardless of what it looks like right now, regardless of what your family or what your father has done or your mother has done, shouldn't have done, regardless of what failure there has been in your family, or even maybe there's no been no failure as such, but maybe there was just an absence of love, maybe there was just a, an absence of inheritance, maybe there is nothing for maybe it looks like for you that there is nothing for you in the future, that you're resolved to just giving what you're, living with the, what you've got, that there is no great future of God for your life, that there is no uh, nothing to really look forward to. There's just You're just going to fill the rest of your days doing your job, fill the rest of your days doing whatever, and watching everyone else going on to the fullness of what got, uh, reaching into their inheritance. For some people, that's what it's like. They, they just think that, that the good things of God is just for a select bunch of people. And it's too bad if I've missed out. It's just that's your lot. But there was something about these girls. There was something about these five daughters. The Bible says he had. He was of the tribe of Manasseh, and he died in the wilderness before the allocation of land. He had failed, and it cost him his life. He left five daughters, but no sons. And the thing about a son a son is called to receive an inheritance and carry a legacy. And so there was no inheritance, and their father's legacy was about to finish. Maybe you're here today, and you've not, not received anything from your father, your natural father. Maybe all that you've received is a bunch of nothing. Maybe all that you've received is just a bunch of brokenness. There's nothing substantive. Maybe there's what you've received from your father is just uh, failure or, or an absence. Friends, even if you're in that place like this, my encouragement to you today is that story does not have to stop there with you. You are in the family of God. You are in the house of God. You are in a family that has fathers, that has one true father, and he has good things for your life. He has good things for your life. The fact that you are here today... I want to promise you today that if you, you, there is a way that you can position yourself, there is something that you can do where you can inherit something of our good, good father who's got good things to give. There is an inheritance that is in this house that has come from the father of this house, Pastor Mike Connell, that if you find a way, and I'm going to show you how you can find your way to, re- to receive that upon your life, that your life could change. Your, your father may be a broken person, but that doesn't mean that you need to be that. There's a way, that there's something that we can learn from this. He left five daughters. and an interesting, it says the five daughters came before Moses, arguing that it would be unjust for his family to be denied their share and, simply because he had no daughters and no sons. Funny enough. So here's the scenario, right? This is a boys' club. There are no girls involved here. The, the leaders of the tribe were boys, they were men. And so in this gathering of the, converse, of, of the congregation, all the ladies or the girls were back in their tents. And so it was just the men that were involved with discussing the inheritance. And out come these ladies. And Moses is sitting there and he's talking to the men, not expecting no females. Moses is talking, he's teaching, he's preaching, and he's doing whatever he's doing. And out come these ladies? And I, I don't know about you, but sometimes ladies can ask some questions. <laughs> Deep, waters Deep waters, don't you worry? So Moses gets he gets he's teaching the Torah. You know, he's been they've been to Sinai. They've got the revelation. He's, the, 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 they had a few muck-ups, but they're, they're believing they've got this inheritance, they're going to the promised land, and he's got a scroll, he's got all these, uh, he's got these he's he got all this information from God about how to govern the people, how to lead the people, and how to do this, and how to do that and how to do this, and, and we're talking about the laws of inheritance, and he's talking about the laws of inheritance, and out come these women and they come to Moses and they say, look you're all talking about inheritance I know Ladies know some things when you're talking. <laughs> they picked it up in the wind, so they came to Moses, and the surprise of all the guys, that's kind of like, okay. I thought there was a guys club, but anyway, here we go. We've got some girls coming up. Can you imagine the look that was taking place? What is going on here? And these, these ladies started to talk. They said, look, we know that there's been some failure on our father's part. We know that there's been, But that's not fair that that should be happening. Give us... Our share of the inheritance you notice it's not passive language it's not if there's any a little bit left over we want some of that we know what God has in store for us we want a part of that we want a share of that I know what God's gonna do in our lives I know what God's gonna do in this church I want a share of it. I ain't gonna stand in my tent and just wait and see what happens. I got and I know that my God is gonna fulfill it. Amen. So they come and he's, they stand before Moses, and say, Moses, we want this. We want a share of that. Amen. Moses goes, a- uh, Aaron, did you read any of this? That, no instruction about. Yeah. Anyway, he goes, any other boys, you got any answers? No, so the Bible says that, so Moses brought their case before the Lord. I mean, where else is gonna go? There's nothing else there. He brought the case before the Lord, and the Lord said, the daughters of Zelophehad, speak what is right. You shall surely give them a possession of the inheritance. Come on, ladies, come on, ladies. You shall surely give them a possession of the inheritance amongst their, father, their, their father's brothers and cause the inheritance of their father to pass to them. And it came to pass. Somebody looking for an inheritance this morning. I've got it. And I want to encourage you. So they, they bought one of the first things. Moses bought their case before God. And he said, what? These girls are saying is, is saying is right. You got to understand what just happened here. Five daughters, with nowhere else to go, came in such a way, with such a spirit, that it caused them, it caused God to change. Almost, it appears to me like he caused God to change His mind or bend the rules. There was a whole revelation that came out at Sinai, and because five passionate daughters came. And stood their place and took a claim for their inheritance. It caused God to change his mind. It caused a shifting. That's That's something significant. Because you may think that you are not worthy or may have missed out on the good things that God has for you. Friends, if you're in that place, I want to tell you, friends, that if you can come in a way that can cause the legacy, that can cause the inheritance to shift into your favor. Hello? I don't know about you, but there's something really exciting. Because I know that God has got great things for you, and God has got great things for this church. There's good things for your life. And it says here that, um, and so it came to pass, essentially this whole story is based on two words. One, it's based on land. Give us our share of the land. There is something about the land. Remember we're talking about the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in the land. There is something about the land. So this story is about the land. One, the land speaks of inheritance. Give us our share of the inheritance. Give us our share of inheritance. It's about land. The other one it's, the other uh, key word it brings out is name, or their father's name. Don't let our father's name be blotted out. In other words, there's two things that this is speaking about. One, it's about inheritance, and two, it's about legacy. Land is something that was entrusted. Land is something that was given, it was inherited. Legacy was something else, legacy was attached to a person's name. And if the father's name died out, unless there were sons, the legacy just stopped right there. So here these five daughters are fighting, one, for an inheritance, and two, for their legacy. There's two great treasures that you have gotta fight for in your life. One is, uh, is there's a treasure in the land that God has for you. And two, there's also something in the name. You have a good father. You have, his name is El Shaddai. God, his name is God Almighty. You've got a good father, there is something about that you can position yourself in a way that you can receive the legacy of faith that has been passed down since it birthed in a place in a, in a small room uh, in the book of Acts. Even before that, there is something about the, the legacy of the name of God that you can receive inside of your life. There is something about the inheritance, the influence that God that, can, can, that you can receive in your life, but you've got to position yourself in the right way. I'm just going to just break it down for you very, very quickly. First of all, it says the significance of what happened was, was profound. This bunch of sisters had something inside of them that, uh, that enabled them to reclaim, reclaim, to pick up an inheritance or a legacy that was supposedly been lost, and they moved the heart of God. Essentially, what they did was they wrote a new chapter in their family's history. That's That's what they did, and all the girls said, Hoo-rah! How did they do it? First thing what they did was this, first they dared to go out from their living place. They got out of their tents. They got off Facebook, got out of their tent. <laughs> they got out of their tent. They got out of the place that was familiar to them. They got out of the place that the culture had said, you must stay there. You're not allowed in this place. This one is for boys. You're not boys, you're girls. You've got to stay over there. This is the boys' space. They dared to get out of their tents. They get, dared to get out of the space that was allocated to them. All of you, all of us, will have a space that one will feel comfortable and it would be our lot in life, where we're supposed to be. You're not supposed to be reaching out to those people. You're not supposed to be reaching out to Muslims. You're not supposed to be inviting people like him into your church. You're going know, to do you no good. Eh, get out of my tent. <laughs> they got out of their tent. They got out of the place that was familiar to them. All of us have a place that is familiar to us. All of us have a place that it's, it's like our little world that. Uh, Maybe it's a job or occupation, whatever. All of us, if you want to receive the treasure, one, you've got to get out of your tent. You've got to get out of your spa- You've got to get out of your comfort space. The second thing they did was they knew when to get out of their tent. That's right. When the talk of legacy was going on, they knew exactly timing. They knew exactly when to come before the man of God. They knew exactly the time. There is a time where you've got to come out of your tent. The third thing that they did was they took their place before the man of God. So he says they position them, they reposition themselves out of their tent and reposition themselves in front of the man of God. Position has a big, how you position yourself physically has a big, uh, a big effect on what and how you receive. I know that the people that have come through this house, that have gone on, that have received an inheritance, that they've received a legacy. They came out of their tent, they came out of what was familiar to them, and they positioned themselves properly in the house of God. They positioned themselves in front of Pastor Mike and said, we want a part of this. Hello? Come on. You don't get it otherwise. You've gotta position yourself right. You can't just sit back and just wait for maybe something to happen. It's not gonna happen. You have to get out of your tent out of your comfort space, off the internet, get out and stand in the face, face to face. You've gotta do it, it's not gonna happen the other way. They position themselves right, they came and petitioned Moses. At the end of the day, there is a, there is a way that God uh, releases inher- inheritance and legacy. He doesn't just hand it out willy-lilly, he hands it out through somebody. You receive it through somebody, you don't just get it randomly, you receive it from somebody. So that's why a relationship and how you position yourself according to that relationship is important. They came to Moses and they spoke boldly. One of the things that you have gotta do is speak confidently. These ladies didn't come up and say, oh, I'm not quite sure, but... They came and said, look, I know that God's got an inheritance for us. This is before they had even got into the promised land. They were jolly well convinced that even though they'd experienced failure even though that it didn't look like they knew in their heart that God had promised them land if some boys came back with a negative report send me instead they came they spoke boldly they dared to go out they knew how to interpret scripture they re- repositioned themselves they spoke with determination our father died in the wilderness he was not one of those clowns, that he, but he left those son. Regardless, they knew that their continual, continuity of their family and they depended upon the inheritance of the land. Regardless of the failure of their father, they saw the good in him and worked with that. I'm not a perfect person. None of us are. But when you focus on the bad things, you, you'll miss out. They said, my dad wasn't a, he wasn't the perfect dad, but he was a good dad. I saw the good in him. They believed that there was a future for them, even though that the land had not yet been conquered. They had faith that God would deliver on his word. The land had not been conquered, but the determination in which these women came out with, they knew in their heart that there was no second option, there was no plan B. We are going to get this. That land is ours. This children's ministry is ours. This country is ours. The inheritance is ours. There ain't no second answer. Hello? They were righteous. Another one, and I'm just gonna move quickly. They were righteous in their heart. One of the things that they made a decision to do was they made a decision not to marry or not to get into relationships that would compromise their inheritance. They decided in their heart, they made it a purpose in their heart that they would put off marriage uh, to another day because if they knew they had married the right person or got into a relationship with the wrong person, that would have cost them their inheritance. Who you relate to or who you come into covenant relationship is really important. It's either the maker or breaker of your inheritance. Hello? They didn't get into relationships that would take away the inheritance that God had for them. But last of all, I want to encourage you this. The love of the land of Israel was a, so contrastingly striking. When you look at the leaders, the male leaders that had came back from the land, only two came back with a positive report. But there was something about what was inside of these women. They had a love for what God had for them. There was something about what was inside of their hearts. They loved the land. They, they knew God had promised them something great. They knew that God had promised them an inheritance. There was something that would grip their heart. And what was in their heart affected everything that they saw. You look at the guys, the guys were too afraid to enter into the land and afraid to move forward, and they cried, the Bible says. Let us appoint a new leader and return to Egypt. But Zeoliphate's daughters were so keen, they were so eager to possess the land, they even demanded a share of them, and they were granted it. There is something about having a passion and a determination inside of your heart. There is no plan B. I can tell you now, I reckon Moses should have sent those five daughters into the promised land. Chicken feed. Send the girls instead. They were sorted out. They need 12 of them. Just five would do. They'll scare the bejeebas out of them. They'll take the whole city by themselves. There is something about when you've got passion, when you have a love for the land, when you have a love for God and you have a love for what he has for you. So I tell you, there is no other plan B. We've got to have a love for our city. We've got to have a a love that the land is not just the, 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 the physical dirt, but the land is the people. You've got to have a love for people. If you want to receive an inheritance from God, if you want to receive the legacy that God has for you and walk in that, I encourage you today, you've got to develop a love for people, and you cannot do that tickering away on Facebook. You've got to get in their face. You've got to embrace them. You've got to be day to day, week to week. Invite somebody into your home. Take up a small group. Get involved with the kids' ministry. Come in and develop and let a love for the people grow. Oh, come on, somebody. Friends, that is what keeps me going every day. It's not the fact that I get an opportunity to come up here, it's the opportunity that my destiny is in the hearts of some of these people around me. My destiny, my legacy, will be entrusted into some of my children that are gonna be emerging in our kids' ministry. That is why I wanna invest into them. That is why I wanna give them the best opportunity that they can, why? Because out of that, the legacy of faith that is in this house will go on and on and on and on. There are nation changers that are in this kids' ministry already. There are great prophets. There are great apostles who will move in the power of God. There are lost people. There are pastors here that even at this point in their time, they may be in jail with a full moku. But at the end of the day, they've got a call of God upon their life. That is why I'll bring a man of God in that will move our hearts to be able to reach them. You cannot do it separately. You've gotta come face to face. Position yourself, have a love for the land, have a love for the people. Don't just spend your days going to work and coming home and getting a wage bill and saving for your retirement. That's boring. Make a decision in your heart that you would pursue the legacy that you would pursue, that you would discover the treasure that God has placed, one, in your heart, and two, in the people that is around us. Don't spend the rest of your days doing a boring life. Please. Please. We are in a, a space right now where I am planning to move forward. Sure, we've had some failures and some ups and downs in the past, but there is something in our hearts. We know that By faith, God has got a great plan for us. God has got a great inheritance for us. He has got a great inheritance for you. Regardless of where you're from.